Welcome back to yet another episode of Marvel Maniac, an MCU after show. This is your host, Eric Cicada, a.k.a. Mr. Honest. It is exciting to be back to you this week with another episode of She-Hulk, Season 1, Episode 7, titled The Retreat. Last week we had a little bit of a break from the city and court life, and Jennifer Walters went to a wedding where she did face her kind of current arch nemesis, Titania, and that was a lot of fun and she kind of gave titania the whooping that she deserved i guess because titania was really egging her on in her personal space i thought that was a really really good fight i don't think it's the last we'll see of titania i think titania will be always kind of egging she hulk on from the sides this week in the retreat jen visits blonsky's wellness retreat meets new friends and gets in touch with her inner she hulk Last week we also learned about this really awful site that kind of looks a little bit like Reddit. Uh, however, it's not Reddit, it's kind of like the dark web of the MCU. And that's going to probably come into play either this week or next week, I'm assuming. And yeah, that's going to hopefully bring our man Daredevil in. Um, I, at this point, if you're wondering if, if any of this has happened, I have yet to watch this episode. I'm doing a beat by beat breakdown, meaning I'm going to react as I go and watch the show. Uh, so. Without further ado, let's get into this episode. In case you missed it, I posted my recent after show for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So go listen to that. That will be placed right before this episode's posting. So go check that out. The episode starts in the bathroom and Jen getting a text from Josh saying, I can't wait to see you. So for better or for worse, that is continuing. The relationship of Jen Walters and Josh. Well, I do think they do have some really good chemistry. You can't rule him out as like a suspect for one of those people who wants to take her down. Jen gets out of the shower and looks in the mirror, kind of like satisfied with who she is, it seems like, for a change. Jen looks really happy as she's moving around her apartment, and we get the shot of her kind of like simultaneously doing a bunch of things around her apartment, like reading a book, taking a shot, um, getting ready for what appears to be a date. This is all over the course of like a montage type song. Their first date is at a food truck, and when he goes to drop her off, they like shake hands. Like it's a really, it seems like a really good date, but they're taking it slow. And I'm, I'm just gonna say this: like Josh just seems too perfect. Like I know this is the MCU, I know this is movies, I know this is like a superhero movie type deal, superhero show. Sorry, but like he seems just a little too good to be true. But I think that's what it's supposed to be. You know, like you're not supposed to know. Like you're supposed to be a little suspicious of him. In a meeting at work, She-Hulk checks her phone, and he, she gets a text from Josh that says, idea for food truck, fries dipped in milkshake, and she sends back in a, much, a bunch of emoticons that kind of affirm that this is a very good idea. And by the way, she's in her new suit that looks like a thousand times better. They go on another date through a marketplace, and then as they get to the door again, she doesn't let him in after the date. Like, she's taking it super slow with this guy. She, she doesn't want to mess this up. You can tell she really cares about this, this relationship turning into something hopefully so whether or not he's too good to be true jen really cares about this and she really wants it to go somewhere she even goes in and then like realizes man i should have like let him come in after this date and she goes back out to see if he's still there and he's not there anymore they go on another day to a drive-in movie which i think should those should totally make a comeback i don't know why they haven't yet drive-in movies would be i think super popular right now this upcoming summer we should have drive-in movies make a comeback if they don't i'm gonna make it happen somehow i don't know how i can do that i have no power to do this um this is my idea however i have no idea how to make it happen <laughs> 
third time's a charm after the drive-in movie date, Jen lets Josh into the apartment, and then Friday appears. She wakes up smiling to find Josh gone, but that doesn't stop her from being really happy. She texts him, that was really fun, I can't stop smiling. There is something really special about that early relationship honesty, that like you're just texting that other person the exact thing that's on your mind, the exact thing that's happening in that like every second that's happening. She even starts to type to him what you're up to, but then she deletes the text like, yeah, this may be a little bit too much too soon. We are at Jen's office and Nikki is informing her and us that she has been nominated for Female Lawyer of the Year. And she's asking Jen if she's on that Intelligentsia site, kind of going down a rabbit hole. And Jen says that she doesn't care about what a bunch of losers are saying about her online. They can't even say it to her face because they know they would get Hulk smashed, which there's some truth to that jen is finally wearing like a signature purple and white suit um i don't mean to be coming in the outfit so much but she looks sick she looks awesome like she's looking more and more superhero-y every episode which i think is the point nikki tells jen that she needs to kind of slow down with josh she's kind of going a little fast here pump the brakes you know jen's not getting a reply back from josh and it's driving her crazy though nikki says he could be in a meeting or at the movies there's weddings, funerals, job interviews, silent retreats. She gives her all the reasons that Josh could just completely be busy and not get into the phone to text her back. Jen says, I hope he's at all of those today. And then we cut to Saturday. Jen stares with wide eyes as she eats cereal. Her gaze fixed on her phone's dark screen. She eats breakfast not blinking, looking at her phone. She does yoga looking at her phone. She pretty much spends the whole day just looking at her phone as it just stays dark. On TV, Miss Piggy is breaking through bars, and it's just symbolic of the She-Hulk um, wanting to break out of her cage and just express herself in this moment of, why won't he text me back? While watching the show, she just keeps checking her phone until she just throws her phone on the floor. While laying in bed, she gets a notification that must have looked like something, but it wasn't it, and then the screen fades to black into Sunday, and the phone begins to ring first thing the next day. It's Chuck Donnellan. Emil Blonsky's parole officer. This isn't a character we've met before. I, I talk about him as if we've met him before. Jen says that she can't imagine that he's calling her with good news on a Sunday. You got that right, he replies. We got a malfunction alert on Blonsky's inhibitor. She asks if he turned into the abomination, and he says that he doesn't know. So he's got to go to, in his words, his wackadoo ranch. He tells her that they don't have the resources for a squad of uniforms to go over there with him. So he's hoping that she would meet him there. Fun for us, not super fun for Jen with what she's been going through. She says, just in case the abomination decides not to cooperate. And he says, yeah, my chances of staying out of the ICU would be much greater if I had a Hulk there with me. He asks her if he's not interrupting her weekend plans or anything, and she looks at her phone for maybe he had another text from Josh, and no, nothing. So she says, nope, not at all. I will see you there. As she's hanging up, he's like, oh, great, the whole place is full of weirdos. I don't want to... It's like, she hangs up on him as he's saying that. I think that's really funny. Jen is, like, getting on the texting and driving train, which is just not great. I mean, she will be okay, but she's endangering others here uh, as she's driving and looking for more texts from Josh. And it's not really a great note that he left her on, though, right? Like, he just left her on, I can't stop smiling. Um, and that's where she's kind of hanging and waiting for a reply on. Quickly, Jen is, like, singing, mm -hmm. 
we get to Summer Twilights. That's what's on the gate of the place. And Chuck is just tampering with the security gate. And he just gets it open. And Jen just drives right through. And Chuck's like, Jen, wait! Chuck and Jen pull up next to each other. And Chuck thanks Jen for doing this. And she honks her horn. And this, like, really irks Chuck. And he's like, Jen, you're honking your horn at a 10-foot tall lizard monster. So maybe put on your green suit, he suggests to her. In the house, Chuck is fixing Blonsky's ankle monitor, and he says it's, de it's definitely malfunctioning. Chuck asks Blonsky if he might have jostled it, and Blonsky says that he might have gotten a jolt from an electric fence earlier. But it was worth it because his favorite chicken, Princess Silkfeather, was stuck. Chuck tells them that he recalibrated Blonsky's inhibitor and that he is good to go. Chuck leaves super fast and leaves Blonsky and Jen by themselves to kind of have a conversation on Jen's way out. Blonsky asks Jen, what about you then, Jen? She tells him, I thought you worked really hard to get out of prison and that you'd be really dumb to go back in. Just as Jen is about to leave, a guy crashes into her car and a man with bull horns and a face resembling a bull charges him. Manbull prepares to charge the guy who he already charged again and She-Hulk forms up into She-Hulk and grabs him by the horn and throws him on his back. Jen asks, what the hell is going on? As we also ask. Monsky says, it's just two men working through the resentments in a safe environment, Jen. Manbull, as he introduces himself, apologizes and says Brother Blonsky has taught him a lot about taking responsibility for his anger. The other man, Alagila, uh, introduces himself and kisses, kisses her hand. <laughs> Before you make assumptions, no, I am not a matador. That make the two of us fighting pretty cliche, no? <laughs> That's pretty great. Blonsky says he's working through some identity issues and Matt... Matador, oh, I already forgot his name because he said he's not a matador. Completely... <laughs> it's just so defensive about this. <laughs> Jen's car is completely totaled, and she asks how she's supposed to go home now. Blonsky says sometimes life presents a teacher when there's a lesson to be learned. Manbull makes another generic Manbull joke, and I am not going to repeat it. Okay, he says, do I look like a I'm a mechanic? My name is Manbull, not mechanicable. I, I had to say it. Emil says, I think it's fantastic news that the tow truck won't get here until later today. Jen asks, how is that fantastic news? And he says, well, it means you can spend some time here and relax. If Jen needs to do anything, it is relaxed. This is all while she's looking for a reply on her phone from Josh, which she still probably hasn't gotten. As he's showing her around the place, Emil says, oh, you got a text, and she really didn't get one. Like He's messing with her a little bit. He takes her to the sweat yurt, which is a place where they integrate the past and the present into one being. Um, you know, Instead of this, she really would rather have Wi-Fi and a desk so she can get some work done while she's there. But it's his policy that he doesn't have Wi-Fi. Jen tells him this is not how I want to spend my day, and he says maybe this is how you need to spend your day. Jen walks around the ranch and looks for service, and to no avail. There's just no service anywhere. Jen finds one wood lodge that has one bar for her, and this seems like a really great spot for her to actually get some work done, or just some waiting for text from her guy Josh. However, also in this wood lodge, it seems to be the place where Emil and co. have their circle talk. He reintroduces Alagula, Manbull, a man named Porcupine, who is just literally a porcupine, and Saracen, who thinks he's a vampire. He looks like a vampire, but I guess he just thinks he's a vampire. He's not actually a vampire. This is the most ragtag style, like, Avengers in the MCU that I think I've ever seen, and I don't know if we'll ever see anything quite like this again. Alagula and Manbull really get into it again, like, deeply about how Alagula doesn't want to come off as a, uh, as a matador. And 
I mean, he really just genuinely does. We even find out that he did do some light matadoring in college. <laughs> Emil tries to convince Porcupine to take his suit off. Like, that'd probably be really healthy for him, and he just says, like, he's not ready yet. At this point, Jen is just, like, <laughs> like really invested in, like... Taking a look at, like, what's under, what's under this guy's suit? Like, the, is he more porcupine? Then there's a guy who walks in, and he says he lost track of his time in the urinal, and this is where Jen breaks the fourth wall, and she says, no way, that guy's here. You probably don't even remember who he is. And she calls a previously on guy uh, again. <laughs> we are reminded, I, I didn't remember who he was. Uh, we are reminded that he is one of the guys who tried to jump her. He's actually the guy who says, if you're going to strut around showing off your powers, you better be able to back it up. And he had one of those glowy super weapon things. Jen immediately morphs into She-Hulk and picks him up and throws him into a stack of chairs. She says the Sassel and his friends attacked me behind my apartment. Emil says, Jen, darling, I know I'm going to need you to sit in the calming chair right now. And all the other guys go like, ooh, oh my god, the calming chair. <laughs> like, like, this is the thing. This is a total thing there. Jen says as soon as she's out of there, she's going to rip this guy to shreds. Emil says that's not how we work through our issues around here, and is his name Manpig? The Manbull guy? Says he <laughs> says that she's welcome to the circle. The former attacker lets her know that he's willing to work through their issues, if she's willing. Now as they're sitting with the group, he says, so I realized real strength comes from facing yourself in the mirror and saying, hey man, I'm going to work on me. I didn't need a magic crowbar to give me a false sense of power. He says all it did was make him and his boys act like a bunch of idiots, rolling up on you like we were a bunch of supervillains or something. Jen's like a little bit flabbergasted. She says, you attacked a woman four to one. You absolutely were supervillains. He replies, I hear you, Jen, and I take radical accountability for my actions, and I'm very sorry. This place really lets, like, bad guys get off the hook, doesn't it? I wonder what other supervillains would, like, do well here. Jen says, oh, my God, that seems like a breakthrough. He's very sorry. And Al Aglia, uh, I'm sorry, the Matador says, wow, he would be so hurt by me saying that. And I'm sorry to him if he's out there listening to this in the MCU somewhere across the multiverse. He says that Jen clearly has some stuff going on, and she'd rather sit here getting her kicks, listening to them rather than working on herself. She says she's not getting her kicks, and she's fine. And they all kind of burst out laughing at her. Porcupine of all people tells her that she's not fine. Emil says everyone else has shared. Is there anything you want to get off your chest? And he notices that she's on her phone, and he says, look it, you're glued to that thing. She tells him about Josh, how she met him at a wedding, and how they went on a few dates, and, you know, how it was going great. Now she hasn't heard from him, and she hasn't stopped thinking about it. <laughs> the codependency thing between Alagila and Manbor, or Manpig, or whatever this guy's name is, uh, which they said a couple of times, but, I mean, he is clearly a hybrid of all these things. Uh, <laughs> it's really funny. Jen asks if the two are married, and Porcupine's like, codependency? I like how Porcupine's the guy to call out all the problems now, even though he's, like, the one who won't come out of his suit. Jen tells them the last text she sent. That was fun. I can't stop smiling. And they all say kind of, like, yikes. Porcupine tells her that it's thirsty and a cliche, and she says, you're thirsty and a cliche. Dang. Oh, Aguila makes a good point, and he says, bottom line, you said game on, and he just didn't respond. And we find out here that this is not the last thing that she texted him, actually. She sent one more text just recently. Hey, getting a little worried. Just want to know you're okay. Blushing smile emoji. The whole group kind of freaks out. And Alagula's like, why would you do that? Manbull says, it's a real bad look. And uh, she says, I know it's a bad look, Manbull. You don't have to point out my mistakes. My mom does that. The group's chemistry with Jen in the scene is really good. It's really funny. Even Jen's attacker says, you have to start considering the possibility that you were ghosted. She admits to them, I met him when I was Jen, and he liked Jen. He specifically didn't ask about She-Hulk. 
You know in high school, that friend that you have that's, like, cooler than you are, like, more attractive and athletic, they get all the attention from everyone, she says. <laughs> she gestures to herself and says, hello. I think life would be so much easier if I were that person. And I can turn into that person anytime I want to. And everyone pays attention when I'm this. Like, my colleagues, my boss, guys. This is something Jen has been battling with pretty much the whole season, and I'm gonna guess she's gonna have to get over by the end of this end of the season she's gonna have to bring this is how she brings the two together it's not really her having to fight an angry version of herself it's just her having to accept this other side of herself that people tend to like more um and her having to accept the former version of herself more it feels like cheating because would they like me if i didn't have all of this it goes on like if i was just jen with the same guys who like she hulk stick around for jen because some of them don't and that sucks for jen because jen is great i agree and no one cares when they're She-Hulk. He continues, so I meet this guy who actually likes Jen, and it just felt good to know that. And then he ghosts me, and it just sucks. Porcupine bursts in, he says, all right, screw this guy, where does he live? Manbo's like, let's kill him, that's right, he's gotta die. <laughs> oh my goodness. She definitely won this group over. For better or worse, the whole group agrees. And Alakula does this really cool thing with his sword. Um, maybe the coolest thing that the group has like produced as a whole. Jen's former attacker, who I've yet to get a name on, says, Jen is hurting, and all we can offer her is violence? Emil shrugs his hand with a knowing look and says, Does anyone think they could speak to Jen's pain with the tools that we've learned in the group? Porcupine gives her some sound advice and says, Well, for one thing, you can't control what other people do. That's good advice in all of life. Agula says, Well, it hurts when someone rejects us. Because it reminds us of the times we reject ourselves. That's really good. Jen's former attacker says, maybe this Josh thing hurts so much because you haven't been spending enough time with Jen. The vampire man, whose name slips my mind at this exact moment, says, and that's a shame because I bet Jen is pretty damn great. And tasty. He says he went off the rails and he needs someone to bail him out. Manbor says, maybe this Josh isn't the only guy who likes Jen Walters. Maybe there's a group of guys who would love to spend time with Jen right here and now. Not sure how she's going to reply to this right away. <laughs> Emil asks Jen, do you believe that this group genuinely values the whole of you? Jen's former attacker, who I'm just like that I'm calling him that because this is like how we learn to forgive people. Also, slightly not trust this guy <laughs> still because we know that this, this, this site is still out there. So maybe you could stop using She-Hulk as a protective shield, he tells her, and trust us with Jen. She morphs into Jen and this gives them to give her a round of applause. She tells them, I gotta say, that felt really good. On a poster in the background uh, behind Emil, I just noticed it, there's a poster that says, Abamaste. She tells Porcupine it felt really good again and insists like that he takes his mask off, and he does. And everyone kind of like lets him know that he smells really bad. I <laughs> feel really bad for him. The guys all kind of like agree that Jen should delete Josh's number out of her phone, and they start to kind of like chant it towards her. You know, I don't agree with this. I think she should give it a little bit more time. But that's not the point, and she deletes it. Emil asks her, how does she feel? And she said, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm hurting for a yurtin. And if you remember, that's like the sweat lodge that Emil was talking about a little while ago. So we cut to Jen walking out of the sweat lodge, and she looks completely drenched, but relieved. And she does a little dance, and everyone cheers for her. They make her a car that says, bye, Jen. We love Jen and She-Hulk from the gang. And Emil wants her to know. When they say gang, it's not literal gang. And he wants her to know that for the parole board. Jen's car is ready on top of a tow truck, and as they're leaving, Emil tells Jen, next time you think of Josh, remember everyone we meet, no matter how much they hurt you, is a lesson learned. Jen says, yeah, despite those platitudes, I am happy I stuck around. He tells her, feel free to come again, and she says, yeah, that's when you're going to get Wi-Fi. She gets into the truck's passenger seat, and, you know, she has a look on her face like, maybe she's not fully over this, but she's still 
getting there. This is the most introspective episode we're probably going to get this season, you know, looking inward at Jen's character. And a lot of shows might not do this, um, but it's really good for a character like She-Hulk getting to know what's going on inside of her head. She starts to smile as she drives away in the tow truck. Cut to black and we get three days earlier. There is a catch. Josh follows Jen up the steps to her front door. She unlocks it then turns to him with a smile. As they kiss, she pulls him inside. She pushes the door closed. Later, Jen lies asleep on her stomach. And next to her on the edge of the bed, Josh gets up and he is looking over two phones. One phone copying all the data from the other phone. It looks like Josh does have some bad intentions here. Information scrolls up the screen and Josh retrieves his phone, then stands, rounding the bed to Jen's side. He snaps a photo of her when she's sleeping. Typing a text to Hulk King, he sends emojis of a syringe with a drop of blood, a test tube, and a thumbs up. He grins. Dang it. Now I wish Jen got the assistance of those guys. Um, I hope Jen gets her, like miniature Avengers group together to take on this guy and whatever Hulk King, uh, whoever Hulk King is. I was a little concerned about Emil Blonsky and those guys for a second, but those guys just had good intentions, man. This guy, Josh, he is working for the devil. Oh, this is horrible. A good twist at the end of a bit of what we call maybe a slower episode. Um, you know, you can only wonder where he was the whole episode. He was what was he doing? What was he doing with all this info that he got off of Jen's phone? What did he get off of Jen's phone? Who is Hulking? There is a courtroom sketch of Ella Gila being a matador in college. Another sketch shows Jen in the yurt with uh, all of Emile's group sitting with her. Another sketch shows Porcupine bringing his suit to the dry cleaners, finally. There is no post-credit scene yet again this week, uh, so... I know they might have gotten your hopes up a little tiny bit with those few in the first few weeks, but none of the Marvel shows for my expectations at least, um, haven't had post-credit scenes every episode, so I did kind of expect them to fall off at one point. I'm going to head over to reddit.com slash rmarvelstudios for some post-episode comments to see what the fans are saying. Melon Elbows says, It's weird. I think I trust Emil more than Josh. Floppy Shell Taco replied, I rewatched The Incredible Hulk a few months ago, and I feel like Emil wasn't really lying about his perspective. Did he gloss over his obsessive need to win and re uh, relative disregard for civilians? Sure. But how many superheroes do that in their own origin stories? That is such a good point, uh, Taco. That is a very good point. Demirage MCK says Emil Blonsky poster quotes, Today's today, make your goal a reality, achieve anything, and seize your true power. And also, Abamaste. That is uh, probably my favorite. Um, the Abamaste for the slogan was pure genius, says Raise the Curtain. I agree. Um, Iron Lord 456 says, The way the Wrecking Crew guy immediately shut down the combo when uh, they suggested Joss when the suggested Josh wanted her blood. I might have actually missed that. I might have actually missed that. I might have to go back and watch the episode. See, sometimes when I'm breaking down the episode as I go, I miss tiny little details, so it's good that he pointed that out. Um, the Wrecking Crew guy is the is the guy who jumped her, <laughs> so we kind of lost some suspicions of that. We might end up seeing more of him. He was just at the retreat and, and ran into Jen, so, you know, it would be really funny if we actually did see more of him after they reconciled um, at that retreat. 
Half Door 1 says the group therapy scene was genuinely very heartwarming. I agree. And then he continues, actually, the entire sequence at Emile's place was heartwarming. I agree. You know, sometimes you don't need an all-action episode. I thought this episode was really fun, and uh, I'm going to leave it at that. I thought this episode was fun, and I think the next few episodes, if not the last two, there's nine episodes total, if I'm not mistaken, are going to be probably very action-packed and exciting and thrilling, and we're going to learn a lot more about what's going on um, with these people trying to get Jen's blood um, and I hope that Jen handles it with poise I'm sure she will what did you think about this episode of She-Hulk email me your thoughts marvelmaniacpod at gmail.com I'd love to hear them also if you'd like to support the show patreon.com slash marvelmaniac it'd be great to see you next week for the next episode of She-Hulk season 1 episode 8 until then thank you for joining us this week for season one episode seven titled the retreat we'll see you next time until then avengers disassemble